been a, a interesting week. Uh, I want to tell you, I, uh, I, I begin to, I begin to try to hire someone to work in the office. I went through uh, three agencies, and the last person, the most talented, that uh, lady that came to my attention, asked me, "Where do I turn the computer on?" So <laughs> I just gave up, and right then, Andy found out about a young man called uh, Jacob. And Jacob came in for the test, computer test, and said, and said to me, uh, uh, he said, Rick, I'm dyslexic. Of course, I don't know what that is. I didn't know what that was until I went to the, to the, to the computer and found out that he can't add. But boy, can he jam up a computer. Huh? He can do a computer. He can... What are you talking about? Try to... Mm -hmm. Oh, thank you, thank you. Not only he is smart, he's intelligent, sophisticated, gifted. He can't add, but that's no problem. Somebody else do the adding. And he's becoming a blessing, unbelievable blessing. So much so that I gave him a whole week vacation after he graduated from college and paid for it. And, and, uh, and when you call the office, talk to Jacob. He is a wonderful blessing. Just a gifted young man. And uh, uh, I asked him if he'd like to go to Atlanta. He said, I'll go to Atlanta. So, so Jacob is handling the office. Amen. Uh, we are in a moment, at this moment, we are involved with, with Rekindle the Flame, this conference called Rekindle the Flame. So we invite you to participate in it and to be a part of it. It's July the 12th through the 16th. Now, in our Bible study, I thought maybe have a break today from the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Today's supposed to be uh, special faith which is one of the power gifts, the healing. All the miracles of Jesus fall in three categories, faith, working of miracles, and gifts of healings. And I thought I'll just talk about that next week. Amen. But I want to introduce to you Randy DeGroote. Randy is a, a retired pilot and a pastor in Union, Georgia. Say hello to him. He's sitting right there with, that, with a hat. And, uh, and walked in was the, his big tuck. There he is. Okay. <laughs> and we're going, we're going to Brazil on, on the 5th of, uh, 5th of June. Amen. And, 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 also, and also John Freeland and I. Thank you for sending here, Linda. Pack him up good. By the way, it's really far. It's cold. Don't believe anything else. It's freezing. Get some. <laughs> and so I want to share with you. By the way, there's some folks visiting today, a couple girls from, from college, one from UGA and the other one. Yes, and you're from UGA. Oh, that's wonderful. Get your name. Kirsten. 
That's a beautiful name. And of course, Papa and Mama. Okay, good. Uh, don't you remember Psalm 23? Have you, have you remember Psalm 23? Uh, I, I want to look at that Psalm with you. Open your Bible, would you? Psalm 23. I hope this stand will stay, stay straight. Okay, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me, before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When I, when I, every time I read this psalm, it's just a, a, a way to sort of get a refreshment. And as a shepherd, God wants to sort of uh, lead you into your personal life, what you're going to do with your life, what's happening with your growing up, your believing, your friends, and life. Before too long, you're in the altar somewhere marrying somebody. Before too long, you're marrying your daughters there. And before too long, you are preaching somewhere. Life has got all kinds of surprises. And so I've been interested in Understanding the Holy Spirit is the spirit of guidance. How do you know to be guided of God? Is the, spirit, the Holy Spirit guide you through decisions? And how to get familiarized with, familiar with this? Uh, remember, remember Psalm 23 when you feel discouraged. He leads us, He guides us, He restores us. Even in the dark valley, He is with us, He comforts us. You got to think about that because uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. Jesus told his disciples uh, the night before he was crucified in John 16, 13, he said to them, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you in all truth. And I, I don't know how in the world, how, how to be able to, to see that happening. I remember the days when I was in Athens, Georgia, I was uh, uh, playing guitar to feed my children. Life was hard. You know, I, 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 I stayed in school because I, never, I didn't want to be illegal. In those days, you have to be in school to be legal. And since I didn't know what to do with the legality of being in America as a student, I just stayed in school. I did two master's degrees at University of Georgia, three, three years each. So it was seven years of sweat, pain, and tears. You know what it is to have books in the, in the back of your car? I had a hunter that loved to express its generosity with oil everywhere I parked. Okay? I mean, I parked and my mark was there. I never will forget that. And, uh, but that life was so difficult, so tough, that I couldn't find out what to do. And so as I look back there, I keep on thinking that he will guide you into all truth. And, and, and so uh, I, I, I couldn't find the guidance. I didn't know what to decide and what to do. 
Jesus promised his disciples that they would not be left alone to figure out life and the plan of God. The Holy Spirit of guidance would come to them and be with them always. But in the beginning of the ministry of Jesus, as they started in the Lake of Galilee, there was a lot of difficulty in communicating with them, teaching them, discipling them. The, the crowds were so many. There were thousands of people around Jesus. And every time the Lord wanted to talk to the disciples, he had to get them aside and hide somewhere because, because the, the number of people who were coming to Jesus was, was so many. And so uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 14 says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And so there's something that has to happen in order for you to be guided by God. You've got to have sort of a, you've got to sort of a receive him. Okay? It's not anything difficult. Receive him. Let's, let's, let me say something and you respond. Say, Heavenly Father, I receive you as my Lord, as my Savior. I don't understand this. I'm like the disciples. But I believe that I want you in my heart. And I want to be, I want to be one of your children. Now that prayer is the beginning of getting to know God intimately and be guided by the Holy Spirit. Oh my gosh, I wish I knew, I wish I knew that long ago because I, I quite couldn't, couldn't do it. I, I wasn't taught. There was nobody telling me that. I, I, I didn't even know that there was a Holy Spirit. Just like uh, Paul, when he came into Ephesus in the, in the beginning of his ministry, his first visit to Ephesus, on the upper land, um, Ephesus is a, is a downhill situation where over here are the, are the offices and down here are the baths and then the library and the stadium back there and, of course, the road to the sea. When he came in here, 12 men met him and, and they only knew of the baptism of repentance. They didn't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so I in Athens those days, I was just like that. I was just lost. I didn't have no direction, no one to tell me that. Nobody ever would tell me that there was power, strength in the spirit of guidance. Don't you, don't you want something, don't you want the Lord to lead you as to the, your decision making throughout life? I, imagine doing life alone. It's horrible. You make so many mistakes. People, some people marry four times. I counsel a man this week that he's in his fourth marriage. I, I, I told him, don't marry anymore. No, you, it's not working. That approach is not working. Just wait upon the Lord to get to know him, and he'll give you a wife. So, Nehemiah, one of the minor prophets of the Old Testament, in, in ch verse chapter 9, verses 12 and 19, says this about the people of Israel. says, by day, you led them with a pillar of cloud. By night, with a pillar of fire. To give them light on the way they were to take. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the desert. By day, a pillar of cloud did not cease to guide them in their path, nor a pillar of fire by night shine on the way they were taken. So, so when Israel was coming out of 
Egypt, the main problem was bare necessities. What to eat, water in the desert, and God provided at night a pillar of fire to keep them connected uh, and, and give him light to walk in the, de in the desert. And then he, he gave him a cloud in the, in, in during the day so the sun wouldn't scorch them. And so Nehemiah is saying he did not abandon in the desert. Now, I don't believe God ever abandoned me. But because I didn't quite knew him intimately or, or, or want to understand him intimately, I, I suffer a lot. I remember the days when I had one hamburger for five people, five children. I have three boys, two boys and a girl. And uh, it was tough days, difficult days. We went hungry. I remember I told Rick, my son, before yesterday, do you remember when I had to put duct tape on your shoes because I couldn't afford the shoes to give you? He said, Dad, I remember that. Uh, I remember. It was tough, wasn't it? No, no. So what I'm saying to you is that without the guidance of life, without the guidance of the Holy Spirit, without the Lord in your life, you might be going through a lot of difficulty in life, a lot of problems, a lot of situations that you, you wish you didn't, did not partook, partake of it. And so... From the beginning, God wanted the people that he loved to be dependent on him, and they refused. As a matter of fact, out of a million and a half people that came out of Egypt uh, by, by the hand of Moses, not many people survived. Maybe 500, 600, two families, Caleb and Joshua, two families. The rest died in the desert. Uh, a trip that would have been 11 days from from the Mount Sinai all the way down to, to Capernaum, lasted 40 years. And so I want to say this to you because what it really we're doing in this Bible study is to come up with a way to understand the guidance of God, the guidance of the Holy Spirit in doing life, in doing life. Uh, I, I, uh, I really believe that, that if, if you allow God to guide you, and to change your life, life will be better. And so tonight I want to I look at uh, uh, five principles as to how the Holy Spirit of guidance works in your life. How does the Holy Spirit guide you in, in doing life? So the first one is it comes in segments. In Acts 8, 26 to 40, Philip was a brilliant evangelist. And he had four daughters that prophesied. And he's involved in the life of a man called Nathaniel. In John 1, 47, Philip introduced Nathaniel to Jesus. And he became a part of Nathaniel's life, which became a disciple of Jesus. Nathaniel is one of the twelve. But Philip had a, a gift of speaking in segments and dealing slowly into the purpose of getting Nathaniel to finally come to meet the man from Nazareth. And so, and so in, terms of, uh, in terms of segments, it happens as Philip began to, 
go to the road that leads to Gaza. He, he God told him to go to, to that road. And he went onto that road, and, uh, and he, many carriages passed by, and he couldn't move. So God told him, listen, that carriage. In that carriage was, was a treasure of the, the, of the Ethiopian people. And he asked the man what he was reading. And, and the treasurer responded, I'm reading Isaiah. And they began to share the gospel. And, and, and later on, he baptized, he baptized uh, uh, that man. So in terms of, of segments, it simply means you become a member of a church. You begin perhaps meeting people Sunday morning that think like you do. And then after that, you begin to uh, move toward... Uh, 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 being a part of it, perhaps, perhaps uh, uh, going to a, a, a Sunday school class. And then after the Sunday school class, you're going to meet people there and they begin to influence your life. You begin to get mixed with all kinds of things. Now that happens to adults too. Because when you isolate yourself from, from God, you isolate the people that God can speak into your life. I, I would say, I would say, Thousands and thousands of people are spoken to their lives. Oh my gosh! I, 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 every every year I have a five thousand list of people that I met. And I, this week I went back and I looked, and of course you know some of them have passed away, or going to pass away, or removed the names of her husband or wife. But as you get to know them, life increases in value. Increases in potential. You see, you learn from each other. And you love to know where they've been. What God has done in their lives. And that mixture causes you to find the will of God. And so, and so the kingdom of God comes to be a part of your life. And you begin to grow. Does that work in terms of, uh, of, of your career? Oh, yes. Before too long... You meet someone. Well, let me tell you about my daughter. My daughter went to New York a wedding in New York City. And, and, and she loved to go to weddings. I don't know why, because she wanted to get married herself. And so she met, she met a young man. And when he told me who he was, I said, oh, my goodness gracious. He was a Catholic. I, I, we, Sandy, we're going to marry a Catholic. That's going to create a lot of problems. You know, they go to one church, you go to another church. He said, Dad, he is just not that type of Catholic. But he came at a wedding where this lady, this girl met the other girl, the other girl talked to the other girl, they were text here and text over there and text over there. Before too long, she's introduced to Tom. And Tom is a Holy Spirit young man today. He is gifted, loving God, has three children, and uh, an amazingly gifted, a powerful young man. I love Tom Adderall. He drinks a little wine too much. Yeah, I can drink a half a cup. He drinks a cup. He, he drinks the whole bottle. But that's okay. Okay, I, that's okay. I love, I, love, I love Tom. He is just gentle to the children, kind. And so the Holy Spirit works in We benefit to receive a, in segments. Dependency, intimacy, train us, build us your faith. And you begin to, you begin to grow in community. Very important. You see, as, as we study the Holy Spirit and how the, Holy, the gifts of the Holy Spirit operates, we're going to have a night in which we impart upon you the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So you're going to meet a lot of people. You're going to meet people you never met before. Uh, you, you're going to, uh, you're going to be blessed. We're going to a church in Juiz de Fora. And I want you to meet the people there. And I tell you, I've been a part of many lives there. I've been to that church almost once a year for several years. Uh, not once a year, but maybe once every three or four years. And, uh, and they came to Christ. And so, do you believe that when, when Robert Burnett prayed for me tonight, that I've been a part of his daughter's life? I've been a part of the two, of all the boys. I know all of them. I prayed for them. I ministered to them. And then I heard the voice of Robert Burnett. That was just unbelievable. What a comforting thought to hear his voice and to know that he is not, he's not parked somewhere uninvolved. He continues to be in the kingdom. Okay? So number one has to do with segments. I don't, which segment are you in? What are you involved with? Do you, do you know who is around you? Do you know who's talking to you? Who influences you? Okay? Let's take a look at the number, uh, number two. If I can survive there, I'll do it. Number two. The Holy Spirit gives direction to people who are already in motion. Motion, motion simply means that you are engaged in movements that honor God. You're engaged in movements that honor God. Look at, uh, look at Genesis 12, 1 and 2. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. What made Abram so blessed is that God spoke to him and told him to go somewhere, and he did. He moved. You understand? Some people like to be parked all their lives watching TV or waiting for a boy to come in through the, through the, through the fence of your house on a white horse and say, Oh, darling, I came out of the beautiful mountains of marriage to take into my arms. You know, uh, that not, that's not going to work. Okay. I, I remember before my, my daughter met, uh, met, met Tom, she called me one night and said, Dad, I have a boyfriend, but he has a little bit of a Dracula in him. He comes to my neck and begins to sort of try to draw blood. I said, oh, really? How many times? Well, that's my second date with him, and he's, he's after blood, Dad. I'm sure this boy is after blood. I said, good. I tell you, I want you to go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger. Okay, and I want you to put it into a little pocket, you know, those little, the little pocket, those little pocket that hangs from a long, it sits right here. And when he began on the Dracula deal, you take the hamburger and stiffen his mouth and run out of there and go home. Okay, and, uh, and so she, she called me and said, Dad, I left him with a hamburger halfway in. <laughs> uh, this is a true story. <laughs> So Abram moved. It is the same Holy Spirit of guidance leading Abraham available for you today. You can't get direction. Believe me, he gives purpose. And you can find purpose. Amazing, amazing. Let me tell you a little story. Somebody, Bob Orion gave me his old beat up 100,000 mile car. Bob Orion, anybody knows Bob Orion? 
Okay, he gave me his beat up $100,000 car. And began, it began to break. And I couldn't find anybody to fix for $500,000, $600,000, $1,500,000. Okay, just, you know, they just suck. And so I said, Lord, I need something. Tell me about it. And I had a vision. And I had a vision of, a, of a, an old beat up entrance, a lot of grass, and an old fence full of weeds everywhere. And there's Juan's name. Well, I began looking for it. I finally found it. It was in Hawthorne Avenue in Athens, next door to the YMCA. And I drove in there and I met one. Everything with one is $100. <laughs> I don't care if it's a tire, if it is, a, if it is something else, if it is a $100, $100, $100, $100, $100. And so I asked Juan, why do you charge me $100 only for everything? Oh, by tide money, by tide money. You're preacher, preacher. you preacher, $100, $100. I'll give it to you. And so my car is doing well. One is taking care of it. Now, God can guide you. <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> I love that stuff, okay? When God does something like that, it's, it's that he wants to guide you in doing things you've never done before and show you how to, how to be in motion, moving forward, okay? Amen? Now, could I buy a new car? Yes, I can. But I love that Ford. I don't know why. It smells old. It's got a little burnt oil in it. Okay? And so when I get in that car, I can feel like 1941, 42. Okay? <laughs> and, and you don't have to care of it. And I can park it at Walmart at any time. Anybody ding on to Go ahead and all you'd want to do. You know, now, don't you have a new car and how hard it is to park at Walmart? <laughs> right? You, you understand. Okay, good. So, in other words, you have to be in movement. You have to be doing things that lead you there. Let me go to the, let me go to the third. Oh, my goodness gracious. God's guidance is not trouble-free. It's not trouble-free. A lot of things can happen. In, in the long term, obedience to the Holy Spirit guidance brings blessings. In short term can put you in the midst of a storm. Because out of storms is where you grow and build. It's not, it's not all roses, okay? It's not all roses. You've got to learn how to manage life, but you're going to go to areas where you deeply hurt yourself, where you wish it never happened. Take a look at Mark 6. And I don't have the scripture written down, but I'll do Mark chapter 6. And go into uh, verse 40, 45. Straight away, he's constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while they, he sent them away, the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he was alone in the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them. You know, the disciples just didn't know how to handle it. So what I'm saying to you is that in terms of life, expect a, a turbulent time sometimes. Expect a time of difficulty, a time of need. Expect situations that you can overcome but he is never never will leave you he'll never forsake you 
If you keep that relationship with God. I remember a man in Newton, Georgia. His, his name, he's a doctor. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, a, he's a children's doctor. Lewis Jackson. Lewis Jackson, he told me about the church, Methodist church in Newton, Georgia, that was totally, completely, every pastor had cancer. Every pastor had cancer for a period of time. And of course, I asked him to go to the front of the altar and to kneel down and begin to pray for his pastors. And it took a while, but it's all over. No more cancer. Remember that? It's a season in life where things can be a challenge, but you overcome them. And you need to overcome. I, ha- I went through life. I'm, eight, I'm 79 years old. I had some storms. I had some difficulty. I had some problems. Not, not with uh, primarily with Methodist preachers. You know, they hate, hated me for some reason. And they, 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 they were just tormenting me and, and, and disappointing Oh, I, I had four of them that I hope the Lord delivered them. I don't know where they are now, but, but I don't think no, no heaven was. And, oh, my gosh, it was horrible for, for a period of five, six years. Now, I went through. They wanted my credentials, okay, and I didn't submit the credentials because I believe I want to I be in the church until God told me to leave, and I'm, I'm out of it. So, in other words, guidance of the Holy Spirit in your life uh, doesn't prevent you from having some difficulty in life. Amen. Number four, the Holy Spirit of God is often the quietest voice you ever will hear. How does God sound to you? You say it to yourself, your own voice, and it sounds like a, your a personal voice. God never from heaven says, hello, you there. I'm here to help you. It doesn't look like that. It's the way you sound like, the way you talk. Okay? Just exactly the way you talk. It's a quiet voice, a tender voice. Elijah, after being de- dealing with uh, horrible needs, he ran away for 500 miles and got into a cave, running away from the queen. And, uh, and uh, God spoke to him in a small, still voice. It wasn't in the thunder, in the lightning, in the, in the, in the earthquake, but a small voice. So how do you do that? You just kneel down before you go to bed. You say, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love me. Help me, Lord, with this problem. Today in the morning, by 4 o'clock in the morning, I've been having a tough time with something. It's been on me for the last year and a half, pounding at my head, pounding. Every single day, eight, nine, ten times. And since I live in a condominium by myself, and around me are just three or four people that I could wake up, I did, a, I did a something i never done before. I just yelled. God, help me. Okay. It was four o'clock in the morning. And suddenly, pew. As a matter of fact, I feel like I lost 15 pounds. 
It was like, it was like somehow God came and took the weight, the burden, and, and the feeling. And, and, and actually, my emotions in that area are totally changed. Completely changed. And so as you come into understanding how God works, at times the quietest voice you hear is the voice of God. And he'll say, I love you. You're special to me. You are, you are a blessing to my life. I know where you are. I know your problems, your difficulties. And if you just quiet down, I'll help you. Never, never, and I believe. Now, why did not do that earlier? It's because I finally got fed up. I finally got to the point where I don't want it anymore. I'm tired of it. Now, I've had enough. I had it. <laughs> and of course, of course, at four in the morning, everybody is just gone. Uh, my, the place where I live, everybody has 95 years of age. So you can't wake up people with 95 years of age. They're all gone. I'm the youngest. I'm, the, I'm a baby there, 79. And so, and so uh, uh, but I had my victory. I finally had my victory. And I need it terribly. I need it terribly. And of course, let me go to one more. And we have prayer before we go. Well, I don't have four. I don't have five. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let me tell you about me. In the night of 1960, July the 3rd, my father took me to the airport with all my, my brothers, Renato, Reinaldo, Daniel, and Israel, and, and Rick, Ricardo, and put me one way, one way, one way ticket to New York City. And his idea was that uh, if I did that, then he would be paid his tithe money to America for giving him the gospel. So I arrived in New York City the early morning of July the 4th. And I began to notice that everything that moved was so odd. One of the things that I saw that I never will forget was the size of shoes of the men passing by. This big. I never seen a, a, a foot so big. I mean, big. Some of them, it was like a shalapa, a tennis shoes this big. And tall men, six one, six five. And I'm at the airport saying, "Wow, okay." The visual was fantastic, okay. And so I wasn't hungry for a couple of days, but on the third day, I remember I just sat in front of a restaurant and out of the back came a, a man that looked at me intensely and said come on sit here and put a plate in front of me with chicken now that was the hand of God because after that everything began to happen I knew the snow was about to come and so I decided that uh, I needed to go south but I didn't know how a man came to me from Cuba, uh, 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 spoke, spoke Spanish and told me that I needed to go to a place called Jacksonville, Florida, which is warm. And he took me to a bus station. Today I saw a Greyhound bus. And I remember that. I remember the bathroom of the Greyhound bus 
you know, I flush and go to the window and to look that. And when I got to Jacksonville, I moved forward to west and I saw a church and I went to the church. Before too long, I was the janitor. In a year and a half, I did a so good job on the janitorial responsibility that, uh, that uh, the church decided me to send me to North Florida Junior College. For North Florida Junior College, I found a lady called Mrs. Hardy. She was the, uh, one of the elder ladies in the church, and she taught me how to, to work diction. Not a little language per se, or speak English, but diction. Like, t, d, t, or I, sh. And I learned to each, uh, there's a board at the library, and I spent all day. And I remember that after I was finished with that, I had to wipe up the board because I spit everywhere. i never forget Mrs. Hardy, okay? Mrs. Hardy was a great blessing to me. I went back to Brazil, and I went to a bus station, and I saw this beautiful girl, okay? And, and, uh, and uh, I asked her to go to a movie. And after that, the movie was over. I asked her to be engaged. In a week, I was engaged. And in six months, I was, I was married. And her name was Mary Lucy. We had three children. All of them today are graduates of universities. Rick is a graduate of Mercer University, and he works with uh, investments. Sammy is a physical therapist. Sandy, it's a brain, brain daughter that has three children. So in other words, from the big, after finishing college, I went to Emory, from Emory to Georgia. Seven years of Georgia. Married housing. You heard about that. Married housing. And so here I am uh, 55 years later. All things provided. God watching over me carefully, loving me. My children are healthy. The grandchildren are just everywhere. You know, my, my, my granddaughter, Lucy, is state champion. I mean, she's a soccer player. Of the, you've got to see that girl run. And so suddenly I'm so proud of my grandchildren, okay? I have eight of them. And, uh, and uh, I'm in Mount Bethel. 79 years old at Mount Bethel. Now, what happened to me? What did I do that worked real good? I, I kept my knees to the ground. Throughout the storm in Athens, I had my little room down there at Married Housing. Married Housing is so small that when Mary Lucy was pregnant with, uh, with, with Sandy, she, we couldn't go to the bathroom at the same time. Her big belly and me, we couldn't pass the door through the door, okay? It was just an amazing thing. And so out of all those days, all those years, I kept with the Lord. I love Jesus. I made a commitment to him. And so tonight, I want you to make a commitment to the Lord. That you want to serve him all your life, okay? That you want to be a blessing to him all your life. You grew up about this much from last year. You've been buying clothing because... Yeah, I know, I know she's, new, shoes. new shoes, my goodness. <laughs> okay, here's some, here's some help. 
So, so let's do it again. And I like to, what I like to do, okay, is to ask you to come forward. And you can kneel there all the way down here, okay? And I want you all to come, okay, as a family. I want you, I want you all to come and just kneel here. I'm going to pray for you. Now. Me and John, how about that? Okay, just come, hurry up. Just kneel down there, okay? Come on, come on, come on. Yes, okay. That's Linda Gallardin. She has some girls. You can kneel down, okay? Kneel down. Yeah, come on, John. You and I are going to pray.